Colorado Lens, a feminist podcast hosted by two childhood friends who talk about embracing your inner bruja, sex, and culture. Always funny, always real. Hey, hey, this episode is sponsored by The Wild Guru, a creator of Guru Wrap, super versatile bohemian pants that can be worn six different ways and can fit women's sizes zero to ten. And the perk that makes Mike so happy is that 10% of their profits go towards helping endangered wildcats and their habitats. So use Murado Lens, all lowercase and one word, as a coupon code and get 20% off. Check it out on thewildguru.com. Look good, feel good, do good. Enjoy, brujas. And now, back to our show. And we have a special guest today. Her name is Vivian Nunez, and she is an entrepreneur. She is a badass. She is... A creator at Forbes, she runs uh, Create an Espacios podcast, and most importantly, what we'll be talking about today is the organization that she launched called Too Damn Young. So we have Vivian mm-hmm. on here right now. Vivian, are you there? I am, and I'm pumped to be here. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about all of the different introductions we had for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I'll start off with Too Damn Young, because I feel like that is definitely the anchor for my entire career. Um, so I started Tidam Young in 2014, the day after I graduated from college is when I officially launched it. But I started working on it three months before I graduated from college. And, and that's really rooted, and we'll dive into this later on the episode, but it's really rooted on my personal experiences with loss. Um, I lost my mom when I was 10 years old, and I lost my grandma right before I graduated from college in March 2014. So the concept of Tidam Young is to create this space for teens and young adults who have lost someone they love to kind of vent and vent community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of personal essays, a lot of activations online, all of which bringing people together. Um, and then that kind of just snowballed into the rest of my career, really. I, I wanted to pursue to damn young and grow that out, so I needed to become someone who can be self-employed to some extent. So I used my my degree, I majored in digital marketing um, and minored in journalism. So I used both of those skills to land gigs and, and work that made sense for me. Um, and then eventually that spiraled into what was creating a Spotify's first season with Forbes and then the opportunity to write for them. Um, now creating a Spotify is an independent podcast. Um, so I own it and it's awesome. I mean, I host it and I get to talk to so many amazing Latinas, which you guys are definitely aware of. Um, right. And then, um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much brings us to where I am now. It's been a, a very cool roller coaster of different ups and downs and, different experiences that add so much color to my life that's so beautiful Vivian I want to take it back for a second you know this Mm -hmm. is Nat talking and I read up a little bit on who you are obviously and I know about your foundation which I think it's beautiful I wish I would have ran into it during my times of loss because to be honest Mm -hmm. I don't think I had a platform um, or support system that knew how to deal with my personal roller coaster Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that you've created this I want to know can you repeat when you lost your mom and how that and then your grandmother to follow and how that allowed you in a way to understand your bigger calling in life? Because I think that is the hardest part. Even for me, um, when I lost my mom, I never really had a father in place. So that was kind of my only parent. And then my grandmother was really the one that took care of me afterwards. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother is super you know, she's an elder from a third world and it's, she didn't understand or how to help me guide me. So actually I was so lost for so many years after my mom died and I was only 15 when she passed away. 
Um, so I just want to understand for others to hear now, how were you able to kind of gather your strength at a time that you felt probably very alone um, and then know what you should be doing with your life? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a really loaded question. Super, super <laughs> um, and loaded. I think that, yeah, and I think that to some extent, I don't think that that's what I did in the, at least it's not what I intended to do, right? It's not like I went into it with the perspective that this is what I was going to um, help give me purpose or help guide me through this tough time. Um, I think I was just swimming, you know? I, it was something where I I needed to find something that made sense for me in the moment, but it was never with a larger plan of what it was going to be or how it was going to impact me or or knowing or, like, walking and knowing that this was going to help. Um, it really was just, like, okay, like, what is something that I need to do right now? That was kind of the bigger question. I'm like, what's going to make me happy? Um, I think that going back to... The, when I lost my mom versus when I lost my grandma, that was the main push to start mm-hmm. tuning down. Um, in the sense that I just, when I was 10 years old and I lost my mom, mm-hmm. there was a bigger permission in my life to grieve and to feel that loss and to experience it whatever way I needed to experience it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same when I was 21 in college with fulfilled responsibilities, all of which I was expected to, to pick up the day after. You know, like there wasn't right. this gap, this time in which I was allowed to to grieve and ultimately that's what pushed me to start to young and it sounds like there was just this huge dissonance between these two different experiences and, and regardless of your age you experienced loss in very right. similar ways mm-hmm. and so I wanted to find a space and I started writing because I've always been a writer and so that, that just felt very safe and organic for me and it's ultimately what brought to the spotlight right like I I knew I didn't want to start a blog for part, like for multiple reasons. One is that I knew that it would feel very one-sided if it was just a blog about my losses. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, I'm in a time where I just lost, like, the second most important person in my life. and figuring out what college is. I didn't really want to put a spotlight on me. Um, more so just on, like, this is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So Judy Damian gave me that safe space to do that without feeling the need to self-identify in a way. Beautiful. Well, great way to answer that loaded question. I know. <laughs> um, you were ready, Viv. Um, what are what are some challenges for you that you, you know, it's been like what, like that was March 2014. It's been three years mm-hmm. since Too Damn Young has been around. What are some things that you've learned about yourself or some challenges along the way? Uh, just about grief in general or just like with running Too Damn Young? I guess like with launching a, an organization. At, yeah, like, well, being like, an entrepreneur first right. and foremost. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and you being too damn young too because you started off at a, as a young woman, this this course. So really it's a matter of how has that, what has that become and what have you learned through it? I think that it's, and I say this often and I mean it every time I say it, but I think Too Damn Young definitely saved my life. Um, I think that it, gave me a place in which I felt that I was understood, right? And even if it was just me at first, um, and just created that space where, like, I felt like, okay, and like, okay, I'm now alone in this. Um, because even if I didn't have people writing for me and stuff, there were, you know, the analytics on the back end showed me people were searching for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was Google searches that, that helped make me feel less alone. But I think that the challenge is, they stem on a couple of different things, right? It's just the logistical challenges of running something and working a job and trying to make money and trying to live. Um, so all of that balancing act of what that is is difficult at times. And it, and it means more so than any other time in my life, um, really addressing what needs priority right now versus what can just sit back. So there have been times when I've sat back with too damn young 
um, because at the end of the day, there's still content on there, right? So it doesn't necessarily need to have um, something going up every single day. Well, we really, you know, I would love that if that were the case, but there's some moments where that's just not possible because I'm a white person team. Mm-hmm. And so understanding and giving myself the permission to like, be okay with giving something else priority for a second is, is something I'm learning and was a challenge and I'm trying to sit in it a little bit more. But I think that on top of that too, it's the mental health aspect, right? Like kind of when you're saying when I'm, I was too down there when I started, I think age is definitely like a big plan and the name of the word, but it's also just the feeling of feeling like you're not prepared to go through this, right? You haven't lived enough life. And I, does anyone ever have enough life before they can go through this? I don't know. Right. But at that point specifically, like you really don't feel like you have. And so like, for me, it was, I was thrust into a very deep pool. And so I needed to learn how to swim. And so, yeah, I was doing it while building this out, but there were moments where I just needed to learn how to swim. And so mental health wise, like there are times that I had to take a step back and understand that there are only so many essays about other people's loss I could read before mm-hmm. I started internalizing it too much or I started just sitting in that pain for way too long. And so I needed to get to a better place myself before I could really take those on anymore. Right. Self heal, right? Before you can mm-hmm. help others heal. Makes sense. Wow. What's been a good source of like inspiration, solace? Like where do you go to retreat and just get your energy back? Because this is a lot to handle in the last three years. Yeah, I think for me it's always been my people. Um they take top priority over everything that I do. My work is awesome and I love you know, I love what I do and I'm very lucky that I get to do it on my own terms, on my own schedule. But at the end of the day like that comes back into like how my boyfriend makes me feel or how my best friends make me feel. Um, there's just so much safety there, and and there has been right. They were there at my funeral, at my grandma's funeral. They were there um, while she was in the hospital. They were there when I started Tudamia, when I celebrated every year of Tudamia. Like these are the people that I go back to time and time again just to sit with. And I've never needed anything more than that. Um, it's never been something where I needed like to do actively do something. Uh, I've always found the best for sitting on my friend's couch and just like watching TV or doing anything is what I do now with my boyfriend a lot. And when we unplug, it's just kind of sitting there and just being in each other's company. Right. Because I feel like that's, there's so much energy that is exerted when you're doing something else sometimes. And when you're doing something that's already so high, strong and high energy, it's good to just not <laughs> for a while. And so that's definitely been one of the bigger sources of calm for me um, and then my writing you know I think writing for myself is still something I do very often and there are things that I publish from my own website there are things that I publish on Shenyang on Medium um, which is awesome but for the most part I'm always writing and it starts writing for me and then whether or not it goes out and to other people's eyes is a decision I make after I write it but at the beginning it's just definitely for me beautiful I love that because the companionship, people forget that. That's just that alone. It's good. Like just yesterday I was with Cindy and she was feeling a little down and she's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I want to go to the beach and like just exude some energy or I feel like I just want to rest in the beach mm-hmm. or I want to go hiking. I'm like, you see, all that stuff is going to take so much energy out of you where right mm-hmm. now you're asking for energy. Just I literally told her that. Just sit on your couch, watch a good show you like and just allow yourself to feel as opposed to go yeah. out there and try to use up all your energy to forget how you're feeling. So I love that you use that right now because I think too many people out there want to, you know, and I think it's great, do yoga, exercise, but if your life is about running all the time, you're never going to truly just be silent with yourself. 
you know, <laughs> and sometimes being around my loved ones is what makes me feel more silent. Like internal mm. silence happens when I'm around a good support system. Right. So that's a beautiful story. And I'm happy to hear that someone like yourself has this great support system, whether it's your boyfriend or your best friends. That's a beautiful thing that maybe some people might not have. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's one of those things where, um, yeah, I come from a very Latino family, a big family. And sometimes I wish that my family was the ones that gave me that piece. But at the end of the day, I come from a Latino family. Yeah. It's very big with a lot of little cousins and a lot of things happening all at once. So sometimes that's the thing I have to step away from too. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's that feeling of like, Good they're point. very, they're, they train, right? They're loving and you love them and you want to be around them. But at the same time, when you're looking for, a little bit of quiet and a little bit of peace. Sometimes you don't find that. Absolutely. Oh my God. I can completely relate, girl. (laughs) I have built my apartment into like a, like a little sanctuary for myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I could only handle one Latino family member here at a time <laughs> at times. Cause I'm like, I'm actually trying to wind down. So like one of you can come over and it's usually my niece. Cause she just feels like mm-hmm. home to me and she'll bring me like goodies. And we just and lay she's on the quiet. couch. <laughs> she's so quiet and chill. Like her energy is just, is all about just like chilling. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you say that I am, I, I'm so glad I feel less alone in that because my, <laughs> my family's like, well, where's the party at? But like, we're, mm-hmm. what are we doing? We're just going to sit here. I'm like, yes, yes. We're just going to sit here. Okay. <laughs> like if you're not down. Then I can't have a Saturday afternoon with you. Cause I got to unplug. And yeah. that's yep. what I got to do yesterday. And it like, Oh my God, I, it took the jaws of life to like, keep me sitting there girl, because I'm so <laughs> about like, let me do this. Let me edit I this know. while I do that. And then I had to like take my laptops off the couch. Like, no, no, no. Just watch a stand up and just mm-hmm. do that. Right. It's so hard. It's so hard when you have it's that so, entrepreneurial yeah. like spirit. You just want to be doing a thousand things at once and be productive. Yeah. That's why I have that once a year big party for my son. And I invite the whole family to come because mm-hmm. I know that's the day I have to have all my energy ready mm-hmm. for them to basically suck up, even though it's not <laughs> done, you know, with malice or anything. Yeah. Um, and my grandmother, Viv, you know, you and I have a lot of, um, in that aspect of like our personal loss, we have a lot of things in common. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not just the loss of my mother, but it's how the second most important person in my life is my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I still have her around. Um, and like you say, you never really are at the right age to go through a loss. Any mm-hmm. age is going to hurt if that person means something to you. Um, but even someone like her, I, I don't even want to fathom the idea of her like passing, mm-hmm. you know, she's like 80 now. And I'm like, so are you going to live to 120? She's like, ma, I can't live to hundred. I'm like, let's try, mm-hmm. let's aim for 120. <laughs> um, but all jokes aside, I love her dearly. And yet sometimes I can't, my peace is not around her necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll give her a call. But when she's in person, it's like, and do you know the gossip mm-hmm. of the ladies? And I'm like, ma, I just, I want to like, just not talk about gossip. But like yeah. viejitas, sometimes that's what their you know that's what their life is about, and you yeah, have man. to be ready for that. Um, but that's yeah. that's good yeah. to know. It's it's okay. People shouldn't feel this guilt if they don't want to. So if their family is that. not the necess- the necessary peace they're looking for at that moment. Just gonna say, I feel a lot of guilt when I don't find peace in the support system that is my family because I would do anything for them and vice versa, right? So I don't know if this happens to you, Viv, but for me, mm-hmm. I'm like. God, I wish I could just sit on the couch with like my mom and just watch a movie. But there's like a language barrier, kind of like um, the things yeah. that I'm watching, she's not about, <laughs> and the things that we are about, like there are no subtitles, and she's just like, this is frustrating. So, but it, in itself, even if it wasn't a movie, there's just times where I just can't. Like I need to be alone, or I need to be with like a specific friend, and I feel so bad. Like I feel bad that I'm not. I don't know if this happens to everyone else, but I I feel yeah guilty. I guess yeah. that, mm-hmm. but don't. 
but don't. That's the I, I think, think that's that, a lesson no. from this. Yeah, and I think that it's a hundred percent something that a lot of people can relate to, especially someone who grew up in um, America. I think mm-hmm. because you have this very deep understanding of two completely different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my white friends, they can sit on their couches with their parents and sit in silence and watch a movie. Oh, wow. You know, like, that's just, like, a reality. You know, when I go to my boyfriend, like, his dad, me and him, we can just sit there. And, like, it's quiet, and it doesn't feel like this kind of training experience. And and that's not the same thing when you're with your Latina family. And the thing is that the culture is different, right? It's based off talking and energy and mm-hmm. action um which is yeah. awesome because then you can go to that when you need that but mm-hmm. i do think that it's not something that you have to that i, I think it's just mm-hmm. there's a learning curve to not feeling guilty about um not necessarily tapping into it but it's also this huge moment of awakening and like self-awareness that like oh crap like maybe i shouldn't like if i want to be quiet and like feel relaxed and not during maybe i shouldn't be around them and like that moment of like oh hey maybe they're the one that's are kind of training me on a already hard day mm-hmm. um allows you to, to insert the things that won't that's so interesting i feel like we're coming to this like cultural like conclusion <laughs> like mm-hmm. latinos are uncomfortable with silence or something they aren't no it's, i mean I, honestly true. it's probably one of the biggest reasons why there's the numbers are so low when it comes to like therapy and mental oh. health oh there you go. That is so true. I'm not about that life. I'm all about that therapy. Mm. But to, Viv's, to Vivian's it's point, true. though, you're like you I'm have two exception. cultures. No, it's not that you're exception. You're the you're the American Latina woman. That's true. So you have both cultures part of you. I'm sure that I'm also. I believe in therapy. I've gone to therapy. Mm-hmm. I've gone to marriage therapy just because you know what? Why not? Right. You know, it could only in my mind it could only help. But you tell that to a Latino, go to marriage therapy. They think you're telling them that they're gonna get a divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. It's or about like, preventative. You right. know, or that you put the label on them. Que, yeah. Yahuna loca or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Just I'm... a negative connotation to therapy, and that's a cultural thing. Yeah. To Vivian's point, and also just being quiet. I can never watch a show with my grandma, even if it's a novela, because she'll start <laughs> critiquing the women on the novela. I'm like, ma, pero let the scene happen, because right now, all I hear is that the mujer is wearing something inappropriate on this scene. Yeah. You know? yeah. So there's a little bit of that. Um, let's let's wind it out. Let's got, get out and explore Vivian, I hear, from the grapevines. <laughs> um, and by that, I mean just literally Cindy. Hello. That's me. Um, <laughs> that we talk about on this show a lot, you know, as you may know, about how do you tap into your inner bruja, a.k.a. your mm-hmm. intuition, and how that plays a big role in maybe foreshadowing your life or lead, leading your life with intuition. How do you feel about intuition and this inner bruja thing we talk about? Is it something you relate to or not? Yeah, so we, um, in the pre-interview for us, mm-hmm. it was an interesting conversation because, like, I was telling her, like, I'm not, I don't necessarily subscribe to the all the nuances that come with that or, like, that, mm-hmm. that I believe come with that, um, especially because I grew up in a Latino environment where, like, brujería and all that stuff was, like, very, that it was talked about, right? And it yeah. was, like, like, and it was regular conversation coming up, like, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, so it was never this thing that was taboo or anything like that. But at the same time, it was also this thing that I looked at and I'm like, oh my god, do they actually believe it? <laughs> and and yeah. so much of that was like like for me, it was just casting a lot of doubt. Um, but I will say like, my, and I mentioned this uh, during the pre-interview, it's I don't necessarily believe in in intricate aspects of it. I guess I would say or like, um, but I do have a very spiritual connection to. Uh, like, for instance, like, the number 13. 
like I've always, for some reason, there's no real explanation behind her. Like there's no logical reason why I can attribute why this number mm-hmm. sparks uh, thought in me. Mm-hmm. But like from since I was like younger, and I think the first time I remembered it was during my freshman year of high school. Um, I always associate the number thirteen with my mom, and my mom kind of telling me like I'm in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Rather that's like like. It's, it's almost for me, like, doesn't have to be, like, it, this is a perfect place for you right now. I'm more so, like, this is exactly where you have to be. Like, whatever happens next, maybe right. good or bad. But it, this is where you're supposed to, where you're supposed to fall. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's numerology. Time. I would encourage mm-hmm. you to definitely look into what the number 13 means in numerology, which we have here if you want us to give you a quick background. That was that. so funny because I think that um, we talked about this then, and it was almost that feeling of, like, I'm almost just okay knowing that. Like, I don't like, right. think that that's what separates me. Right. I was going to ask yeah. you that because after we had that interview just kind of talking about, like, coming on the mm-hmm. show and all that jazz, I asked him, like, are you going to Google this? And you're like, probably not. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm and I didn't, because I think that, because I think for me, that's the connection more. It's like, it being shrouded in mystery is great for me. Right. Because yeah. I feel like almost like the magic of, of what that may mean or like, what, you know, whatever, may be almost torn apart from it if I like actually understood what it's like. Right. But also, yeah. I think you're, you're, I think you're at peace from what it sounds like with you having, you're in tune with your intuition because that's mm-hmm. the only way you could even recognize a number and appreciate it for a good sign. So mm-hmm. it's not that you're not in tune with your intuition. You are. I think it's just a matter of like, you want it just to be that. Yeah. yeah. And it could be just that. Yeah. And you've already associated. I mean, I think, that's with your, your inner bruja just mm-hmm. there. Inner bruja mm-hmm. doesn't mean you now have to start picking up the tarot or crystals. That's mm-hmm. a different level. Um, and some people choose to go into right, that. Exactly. That's fine too. But it's also beautiful to understand that you respect it and know that it possibly exists and that is what inner bruja means to you yeah and mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if this happens to you but i mean i don't think i've ever even talked about this on the show but numbers follow me i don't know if, i don't even know if i told you this in the pre-interview but um <laughs> they i don't even talk about it a lot because even as i as i hear myself saying this i'm like god do i sound crazy but you know what i don't i think i don't uh, i'm gonna go with this so my whole life i've had numbers follow me as well 518 815 all in that order right and I just didn't think twice about it. I'm like, that's weird. Always, you know, I always see those numbers, right? I didn't think twice mm-hmm. about it. And then um, 2009, I went to see my grandparents' house, finally, since I, since I was like a little kid. And the address is uh, 581. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, Mom, how weird. Those numbers always follow me. And she just kind of rolls her eyes because she's like an OG bruja. She's like, I know I've been telling you. <laughs> that it's connected to your grandparents, but you're always, you know, you're reading like Ernest Hemingway. You're not listening to me. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then, you know, fast forward, and I, I was, um, I forgot what kind of application I had to fill out. It had to include mm-hmm. me and my parents' birthdays. And I looked at all the numbers, and I'm 41583. Boom, 5A1 there. My mom is um, 1118.53. Boom, the numbers are there too my dad is eight fifteen fifty three. all of us have it and i was like dude that's so wild that's your ancestry your ancestry all, all the time so like um the last time i saw was on my way to miami stuck on the tarmac four hours vivian girl i wanted to kill somebody and i was like i'm just gonna take another nap and then i saw a bunch of uh, police cars and that's scary you're on the tarmac police cars coming toward the plane that you're in whoa and i was like oh that's not good 
and you know everyone's being very awkward and quiet the flight attendants are on the phones like it's, it's just like an awkward time and i'm like oh and everyone's starting to freak out and mm-hmm. i look at the wing of the plane when i'm on and it was like zero five eight one and i was like we gonna be all right it's cool and i just like took a nap and i was like it's fine and i text my mom that information she's like oh todo va a estar bien está bien y me llamas cuando llegas i'm like okay bye and the trip ended up being like fantastic I don't know. I don't know if it was an actual sign, but it gave but me that's, like that's Vivian's point. She's like, I just know that when I see the yes. number thirteen, it's good stuff. Exactly. That's all so I, I need like, to know. It's a positive sign. I yep. took it as like my grandparents are watching over me. We're gonna be all three hours later on the tarmac. We're all exactly. good. Better, better safe than dead, honey. Uh, exactly. Okay, in that sense. Yep. Exactly. Um, but talking about death and talking about loss, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have one question for you, Vivian. I'm a little excited. I have this book called The Book of Questions. This is a wild card moment. <laughs> she did not tell me she was going to do this, Vivian. What is this? She just and brought so, this book up. <laughs> so I decided because you keep saying you're number 13, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into numerology. You're not interested. But I figured I'd take that number and i go to the page number 13 of the question. All right, do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fitting to you. It's literally called The Book of questions and it was a new york times bestseller i believe like in the 80s because it's a very old looking book but it was in this like pile of free books in front of my house i just found it on my way to record this yeah so the page number 13 gives you this question if you could spend one year in perfect happiness but afterward would remember nothing of the experience would you do so if not why not no um because i think that for me so much of what perfect happiness is. And I've actually given this somewhat of a lot of thought. Um, wow. Okay. I remember one time, one time, it was probably right after my grandma, or right before I think my grandmother passed away. She was in the hospital, you know, and I was writing an essay and one of my really good friends was like helping me edit it for something for like competition. And like I was telling her, like, hey, like this is, it's a hard time and all this stuff. And I remember she told me, I just really, I, because it was, my birthday is December, so this must have been like January, like right after my birthday, and so she was just like, I really just, I want you to have like a year where everything is just happy, oh. um, mm-hmm. and I said to her, like, I mean, that's really sweet, and it comes from so much love, and like, obviously, you don't shut someone down, so it's like, because like, how nice of them, um, but then I was also like, but I don't want that, because I feel like there's so much that I've lived through that I've experienced and since then too like I don't want to be able to just live in complete bliss um in the sense that like there's so much strength that comes from the bad stuff and there's so much eye-opening moments that come from that um and to not have the best if I don't think you it's a old kind of thing you don't really appreciate the good stuff when, when you have just all of that is really really good and like I also want to be able to ha- be happy even when things are hard Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's been my bigger kind of goal, um, especially wow. within the last three years. It's like I want to learn how to be happy even when things are really hard, and how to because I do think that happiness is this thing that happens around you, but it's also the thing you can tap into mm-hmm. um, if you're like really intentional about it, or or if you find the things that make you happy. Like the same thing we were saying about like sitting on the couch with someone that is actually going to calm you versus like high energy mm-hmm. when you need them. Um, I feel like knowing that you need that is half of the battle. So for me, it's the same concept. It's like, I want to learn how to be happy when things are bad. And how do I find that happiness? Like, for me, it's always my people, right? So, like, I surround myself with specific kinds of people who bring me that happiness to center me even when things are bad. Um, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't take the year of happiness for and not remember it because I, like, and I've been, I've been thinking back on the last 12 months because I gave my fourth speech um, to UN leaders last week. And oh, congratulations. started, like, Things here. It started last year this time, so it was very full circle for me. 
um, and like the little speeches took me to Switzerland and to Italy and things like I just wouldn't have thought I would have done. Um, and so when I was reflecting the last 12, years, 12 months, I was like, okay, like it's definitely been like an up and down situation. It was a roller coaster of emotions. I was not in the same happy place I am now then. Mm-hmm. Um, but how beautiful, like that was like the word that I kept on stepping into, like how beautiful these last 12 months have been, right? Like I found my boyfriend and, and I just found so much peace and happiness and, and I wouldn't have, I rebuilt a lot. It was like my rebuilding year. And I just wouldn't have done, been as content or as happy with like where I am now if I didn't start in like a really broken place, I think. Wow. That's, not to say that you need mm-hmm. to be broken to find right, happiness. But, right, right, but right, what, right. A, what a beautiful way to look at that. I mean, that is, because honestly, let's be honest, eight out of 10, this is a random stat, I think would have been mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I'll take a whole year of happiness and even because I won't remember it later anyway, right? But mm-hmm. to your point, it's like, then where's the growth in that? Really, if you really get down to it. Yeah. Pain brought you growth and brought beautiful things mm-hmm. as well to your life, you know? So that's a beautiful journey. This is totally a side question that has nothing to do with the mm-hmm. book, but my intuition and my spirits are talking. Are you running for, are you planning to run as a politician anytime in the future? <laughs> No, I'm not. Um, okay. That's never actually even crossed my mind. Um, okay. I like giving talks, and I like, like, I love talking. Like, when I do the UN leaders talks, like, I, I stand up there and I talk about, like, leadership from the perspective of vulnerability. Like, that's my angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of things fall under that. And mm-hmm. kind of how to see it as a strength and stuff like that. But never a politician. I like writing a lot. So, like, if you ask me what I'm going to be doing couple of years I like someone asked I was on a panel yesterday and they asked me that question mm-hmm. and I was like I can't tell you what like the role is going to be where you know like whether I'm going to go to nine to five or like any of those logistical questions but I can tell you that I'm definitely always going to be writing and I'm mm-hmm. definitely always going to be in this like of what it means to help like a, anyone who's like at a loss Right. Well, we're at a loss of good presidential uh, leadership. So if you ever think of running for president, you know there's a purpose there, honey. Apparently, Natalie wants to be your campaign manager. I know. I'll just read through your things and just enjoy it. Enjoy it that I'm way. I'm voting for Vivian. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Oh, oh my God. God. Thank you. No, but it's true. Though. Like, you have a, a presence on, on your organization, mm-hmm. Instagram. And, like, on your – I read what you post on Instagram, and it's mm-hmm. so vulnerable, and it's so strong. So – I don't think you're far from um, that kind of leadership, I think is what Natalie's trying no, to say. You. And I, it's right. it's really um, beautiful to, to read and relate. And so. to see it from one of our also our Latina women, because you understand our culture. So it comes from a place where like we understand that upbringing, what it could have been and what that turned mm-hmm. out to be. And in your case, it turned out to be a very beautiful story. Um, so here at Murado Lens, we wish you luck. Um, we support you and we want others to support you as well is there an instagram that you could share with our listeners yep yep so if you guys want to follow along apparently i'm running for office (laughs) or have the vibe for it um should you want that inspiration in your life um you can follow me at at viv nunez um and that's on instagram and twitter as well and And that's um, viv nunez Mm n-u-n-e-z yep and then the same uh com for like most of my writing um i gave it a new home so that's i'm really excited about that and then student young is for anyone who has ever lost someone i want to kind of read up on okay and that's t-o-o-d-a-m-n-y-o-u-n-g right just one home yep okay Mm -hmm. wonderful and is there anything else that you want to add that we didn't get to ask you no, I mean, I think that that's pretty much the the heart of what I'm doing right now. A lot of my work is for Chidam Young. It's for myself. It's for creating a spot as a podcast. Um, and it's just kind of moving the, 
the conversation forward in any way I possibly can. Beautiful. And then when people see you in the streets, is Viv okay or is Vivian? Yeah, Viv is okay. fine. Cool. All right, everybody there, vote for Viv, the new <laughs> president. Okay, honey. Thank you. Thank you so much for thank taking you, the time and energy to be on the show. We appreciate of it. Of course. I'm so happy. Thank you for giving me this space. Thank you. Well, this is Nat. And this is Cindy. And this is Murado Lens. Bye-bye. Peace.